Well, hello there and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. It is 9.02 approximately, somewhere in the world at this time. So wherever you are, hope you're having a great day. Now, before we get into today's show and go through the various news stories that are out there, don't forget, if you're watching us on YouTube, to definitely subscribe to the channel. Give us an old like, you know, smash that like button and do give us a share if you can. Now, if you're also listening to us on one of those various podcast players or you fancy listening to us on a podcast player, link is down below in the description. That'll take you to our podcast page where you'll see a host of various podcast players and you can simply subscribe. And then once the latest show comes online, it'll simply be downloaded to whatever your choice of podcast player is. Now, what's going on this week in relation to the Thai Expat Daily Show? Hopefully, uh, during the week, we're going to have a couple of special shows where we're going to talk about uh, the cost of living here in Thailand and particularly in Phuket. And, uh, you know, of course, it varies for everybody else. And also, we'll be bringing you a show on the top five kind of jobs, industries where expats here uh, tend to work in and what kind of salaries you'd be looking at in these jobs. But that will be later on in the week. So today... We have five, possibly six stories to bring to you and we'll start and we'll jump straight into them all. Thailand's amended law on the constitution and party list MPs uh, has been enacted. The amended election act for constituency and party list MPs came into force today, allowing its publication in the Royal Gazette yesterday. Under the amended law, there will be 400 constituency and 100 party list MPs instead of the 350 and 150 as previously stipulated. The population per constituency seat is determined by the total population of the country according to the latest census divided by 400. The number of constituency MPs for each province is based on the population of each province divided by the number of people eligible for a constituency MP. Each province will have a list at least one constituency MP even if its population is fewer than the people eligible for a constituency seat. Under these calculations, if the total number of constituent MPs is still short of the 400, total provinces will ha- uh, with higher population will be eligible for another seat, constituent MP, until the full 400 seats are filled. There will be 100 party list seats and the number of votes for each seat is determined by combining the votes received by all parties contesting the election, divided by 100. The result will be used to divide the votes received by each party to determine the number of party list seats each party will receive. Each party is eligible to submit one list of party list candidates not exceeding 100 names. The list of the candidates must not include names which are on the constituency candidate list of its own or other parties and inclusion on the list must be with the approval of the candidate. So these are two new laws that have come to effect basically are giving way for the next election to take place. Seems rather complicated, but it's what you would probably expect, you know, that was drafted up by this military government uh, before they, you know, became a a somewhat democratic country after the coup. But yeah, if you can figure that out, you're doing pretty well. Now, next story of the day is Chiang Mai has been ranked the safest city in Southeast Asia. A website has ranked the northern city of Chiang Mai, the safest in Southeast Asia and number 32 in the entire world, according to a government spokesman. The ranking appeared on the Crime Index and Safety Index by City 2023, a comparison of 416 cities worldwide released on the website of Numbio, a crowdsourced global database of quality of life data, said the Prime Minister's Deputy Secretary General for Political Affairs and Acting Government Spokesman. 
Chiang Mai's crime index was 24.5, classified in the low range of 20 to 40. Its safety index was 75.5, ranking number 32 worldwide and number 1 in Southeast Asia. Numbio defined safety as safety walking alone in daylight and safety walking alone at night. Bangkok's crime index was 40.5, its safety index 59.5, the 170th worldwide and 7th in Southeast Asia. The world's safest city was Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates, with a crime index of 11.2 and safety index of 88.8. The world's least safe city was Caracas, Venezuela, with a crime index of 83.6 and a safety index of 16.4. Prime Minister Prayut Chan-a-Cha is glad to see several cities in Thailand cited as having a high level of safety, indicating the government's success in its determination to eradicate crimes which affect the lives and property of people and create confidence among foreigners who want to travel to Thailand, Mr. Anuka said. So yeah, actually, I've been to Chiang Mai a number of times and I think it's a a very safe city and actually it's a lovely place to visit. So yeah, it's good to see it at, you know, on the top of Southeast Asia. Sometimes I wonder about these kind of indexes and, you know, what they really take into account. But nevertheless, you can't uh, take it away from them. They are, Chiang Mai is a safe city and and it's actually a wonderful place to visit. So highly recommend it if you're going there. Now, the saga of... Ah, where to begin with this story? Uh, back to the police corruption. But police chief steps in to the bribes row. And I don't know if anybody, if you're following, we've gone through it the last couple of days in relation to a Taiwanese actress and basically uh, claiming that she was extorted of 27,000 baht. So we'll go through this story and also a little bit of news from her Instagram page as well. The National Police Chiefs has ordered investigations to find to find more evidence related to a Taiwanese actress complaint that police extorted 27,000 baht from her at a checkpoint in the Huai Kuang district this month. Police General Damron Sack has asked the Metropolitan Police Bureau Commissioner to instruct investigators to look at all aspects of the case. Royal Thai Police Spokesman Police Major General Ara Khan said on Sunday, Police General Damron Sack wanted the investigation expedited and the truth brought to light. If the probe results find the accused officers guilty, drastic disciplinary and legal action will be taken against them, he said. The actress Charlene Ann complained via social media that she was stopped by police near the Chinese embassy at about 1am on January 4th and was kept there for two hours. Now, according to her complaint, the officers told her that her visa on arrival was unacceptable and must be printed in her passport with an official emblem. After being searched and having long conversations with police and asking what she did wrong, the 33-year-old finally learned she had to pay for her freedom. She paid 27,000 baht and was freed. On Friday, the RTP spokesman said footage from three security cameras in the area where the alleged extortion took place contradict her account of the incident. The woman was together with three men in a grab taxi, a red Mazda 2, which stopped by police at a security checkpoint at 2.27am, said Police Major General Archeon. The four passengers were asked to get out of the car. They stood on the pavement while communicating with the officers for a long while before an orange taxi picked them up. Uh, the police major general, from start to finish, neither the actors nor the three men were seen walking into the alley, alley uh, to pay the police, as was claimed. The first grab driver who picked up the four and drove them uh, to where they were stopped claimed the woman passenger was drunk. However, the actress insisted she was not drunk and challenged police to show their CCTV footage. So, yeah, this is uh, where we are with the story. It's a bit of a tit for tat here. My whole thing with this is very simple, right? Why 
with three, four people in a taxi going about their business, maybe on the way home after a night out, why would they be stopped by the police at a checkpoint, asked then to get out? And then apparently, according to another outlet, they were standing there talking for more than an hour. Now, why would any of that happen? Why would the police feel the need to stop four foreigners in a taxi who've done nothing wrong and who certainly were under no suspicion of doing anything wrong because they're in a taxi going back to their hotel? Why would that happen? Why would they need to stand there for an hour talking with them? And where is the CCTV footage? Now, if the police wanted to put a quick end to this, they would release the CCTV footage like, you know, a normal police department would do. And this will be all finished. But that has not happened yet. Now, I was on Miss uh, Charlene's uh, Instagram page, and this is what she has on her page at the moment. She has a big sign-going announcement. Why the twisted truth and lies? I sincerely thank you all for your concern and encouragement. I have to agree to a final interview. I have agreed to a final interview with the media. I'll be sharing details on my traumatic experience in Thailand for the final time. Please allow me some time and space during this difficult time. I will not be able to reply to each and every one of you, but if you are keen to know the truth, kindly follow the link below for the latest updates. So, and she's a link down there to where she will post exactly what she says and her proof of what has gone on. Who are we to say what has happened until all the facts have come out? But I don't think the police have done themselves any justice in all of this, or certainly helped themselves. Firstly, there was no need, and there was never a need, to pull people over in a taxi and even if she was drunk, so what? Isn't that the point of getting a taxi home? Rather than driving drunk is you get a taxi and you drive home. Or you get a taxi, sorry. So you know, so you don't drive home and you don't put her in people's lives. So it doesn't matter if she's drunk. That's her entitlement to go out, have a good time and have a drink. There's no problem with that at all. Isn't that what the government want everyone to do? Come spend their money here in Thailand. But it looks like maybe she was profiled. Why was she taken out of the taxi? For what reason? They're in a taxi and they're not causing any problems. They're stopped at a checkpoint, then suddenly they have to get out. An hour later, they're still there. Again, it doesn't all add up. To me, something is very, very fishy about this whole thing. Again, if nothing transpired, show the CCTV footage to the world. Let us all see. You know, the three different cameras apparently picked it all up. Showed it. Put it out on TV. In America, this would be already out on TV. And we, we'd already have seen. But again, the usual thing here. Look, the police have done themselves... I mean... In truth, the last month, this month of January, has been a brutal month for them. I mean, it's just shown corruption to the finest at times. And if this if this is false, if this is not true, okay, then prove that it's not true. But this continuous kind of like, oh, we have this evidence, but we don't have this. And, you know, look, just come out and show the CCTV footage. Let us all see her getting back in taxi and going back. If she was going to another hotel, you'll have her arriving back at that hotel, right? You'll have CCTV footage of her entering. You'd be able to know if she, you know, went from there to there in that length of time. It's easy to show and, and prove it all. But it, maybe it, the reason why they haven't shown any of it is because, well, maybe it's not all true. She has continued to say the same story over and over again, and she has not relented in her story. Now, the police can do nothing about it, by the way. Even if she was lying, she's in Taiwan, nothing's going to happen to her. They can talk a big game, but Taiwan aren't going to do anything to her. She's an actress, she's famous, it's not going to happen. But she's not doing it for publicity, she doesn't need publicity. She's a very popular person in her own right. So, we'll leave it at that. I don't know what you guys think about it, but to me it seems very suspicious. But moving along, a Swede has died in a road accident after first meeting with his Thai girlfriend. A Swedish man died instantly when his motorbike plunged into a roadside ditch days after his first meeting with a 
with his with the Thai girlfriend he had met online. The 50-year-old man was found dead in the ditch at Suanabum Bandong Mai Road in uh, Tamban Tung Sri Moang of Suanabum District on Saturday afternoon. Police rushed to the scene after being informed of the accident at about 2.30pm. They found the man lying in the ditch with a broken neck and a deep gash in his right thigh. The motorcycle road was heavily damaged. It apparently hit a concrete sewer pipe in the ditch. The man's heartbroken 27-year-old girlfriend, a native of Suwanaboom District, said she had met the Swedish man online two years ago and had kept in touch with him since. The man had just taken leave from his work to visit Thailand. They met in person for the first time five days ago, she said, and had decided to get married. The Swedish man was staying at uh, the woman's house and her relatives were aware of the relationship. After having lunch on Saturday, the man told her he would like to ride a motorcycle, take pictures of local areas. She warned him to ride safely. Shortly afterwards, she learned about the fatal accident that happened about six kilometers from her village. Now, look, firstly, rest in peace to this man and condolences to his girlfriend. You know, it's a terrible thing. But I think, again, this shines a light on the concept of renting motorbikes here in Thailand, um, going about roads that you're not familiar with. And just generally your safety when you're here in Thailand. I know I keep banging on about it, but the truth is, if you're not a confident motorbike rider, if you've never ridden ridden a motorbike before, Thailand is not the country to come here and try learn on. You wouldn't do it in your own country. So why would you come to a country that has one of the worst, you know, road death ratios in the world? That's definitely the message here. Okay, put it like this. If it's not something you'd ever do in your own country, don't go do it in Thailand. It, it's just, you know, it's just not worth it, guys. You know, and I know people will say, oh, yeah, but, you know, it's up to him what he wants to do. Yeah, but he's left behind a girlfriend. He's probably left behind family in Sweden, you know, all devastated as well. So just a word of warning. If you haven't ridden a motorbike before, don't come to Thailand and start doing it here. Right. It's not the place to learn. Okay. And, and okay, guys, so we'll move on anyway. To another story that seems to be quite an interesting story, but I was trying to make sense of it earlier today. But Songkran is set to become Thailand's fourth intangible cultural heritage. The United Nations Educational, Scientific and Cultural Organization included Songkran in Thailand, a traditional Thai New Year festival, in the list of nominations for 2023. If Songkran is successful, inscribed, it will become the fourth ICH from Thailand on the prestigious UNESCO list after Khan in 2018, Nutai in 2019, Nora uh, in 2021. Tom Yang Gung, Thailand's famous spicy prawn soup, has been on the list of nominees since 2020, the UNESCO website shows. Thailand plans to seek ICH status for other Thai cultural heritage, including Mutai, Pita Khan, uh, which is a ghost mass festival in the northeast, and the uh, famous, of course, mango and sticky rice, and uh, the curry and rice. Intangible cultural heritage refers to a practice, representation, expression, knowledge, or skill considered by UNESCO to be part of a place's cultural heritage. There are seven branches of intangible cultural heritage, performing arts, handicrafts, traditional literature, traditional sports, old customs, folk wisdom, and language. Quite interesting one too. Um, I mean, if Songkran managed to get in the list for Thailand, I think there's a couple of other countries around Southeast Asia that would claim to also celebrate Songkran. So hopefully they're trying to get on the list as well. And finally, there is a very, very, very interesting editorial in the Bangkok Post uh, yesterday, Sunday. And we'll go through a bit of it because I think it is very, very interesting. And it just shows you some of uh, 
what really goes on here again it's going back onto the police force again but uh, it's entitled quit delaying the anti-torture law now apparently we still don't have that here in thailand the long-awaited anti-torture law is set to take effect next month however the royal thai police is requesting a delay in its reinforcement citing a lack of readiness the government must reject this request as it is a last-ditch effort to preserve the police's often violent interrogation tactics and culture of impunity. Power abuse by security forces is prevalent in the country, which is why it took more than a decade of legislative efforts to pass the Anti-Torture and Enforced Disappearance Act. The law was announced in the Royal Gazette on October 24th, with enforcement set to begin on February 22nd after a 120-day grace period. As the day quickly approaches, Police General Damron Sack, Chief of the, National po- uh, of the National Police, has requested a delay in implementation of the law. In a letter to the Ministry of Justice last month, he cited a lack of necessary equipment, police training and standard guidelines. The anti-torture law mandates that police use body cameras when inspecting suspects. Police claim they do not have the budget to acquire body cameras and that they need more time to train officers nationwide on the new procedures. Additionally, the police claim that the law lacks substantive guidelines, making it difficult for officers to comply comply with the new rules. Forcing the police to follow the new law when officers are not ready will hurt society, warned the police chief. Such fierce resistance from the police is not surprising. The use of torture and abduction to extract confessions or silent suspects is not uncommon, just like hazing in the military and ill-treatment in prisons. State resistance is why it took so long to pass the anti-torture and enforced disappearance law. According to the National Human Rights Commission, there were 232 complaints regarding torture while under police custody from 2015 to last year. The 2022 anti-torture and enforced disappearance bill was the culmination of a collaboration between the Ministry of Justice and civil society. It won approval from both the House of Representatives and the Senate at a time when the world was watching what Thailand would do to reduce human rights violations. The bill's passage into law confirmed that Thailand was committed to abiding by the Convention Against Torture and other cruel, inhuman or degrading treatment or punishments and the Convention for the Protection of All Persons from Enforced Disappearances. Police effort to delay the law has only triggered a storm of criticism. The police request was unexpected according to Idan Alisak, a Yala MP from the Palang Pracharat Party, because it went against the policies earlier, or the police's earlier assurance they would be ready for the implementation. Police General Suratad Hakparan, that's a big joke, uh, the deputy police chief, personally told the House Committee on Law, Justice and Human Rights in December that the Royal Thai Police would be ready and the body cameras would be purchased using funds from the central budget. Opposing the police's delaying tactics, the Union for Civil Liberty and 18 other human rights organisations sent an open letter to the Prime Minister urging him to enact the anti-law as scheduled to respect, protect and fulfil Thailand's commitment to human rights as declared uh, to the international community. They also criticised the police plan to ask the Cabinet to issue an emergency decree to put it off enforcing the law. Under the 2017 Constitution, an emergency decree can only be issued to safeguard national security and public safety and provide assistance during national disasters. The police plan, therefore, does not meet the Charter's requirements. Both cameras 
which record audio and video, help ensure police are accountable by making their actions transparent. A study by the Police Executive Research Forum in California, United States, found that using body cameras reduces the police use of force by over 60% and citizens' complaints by over 88%. The National Police Chief gave the police force instruction two years ago to get ready for new procedures, so the police has claimed that they're unprepared for the use of body cameras is absurd. And that is a very interesting editorial, as I said, that's in the Bangkok Post uh, on Sunday. I urge you to pop over. You can read a bit more of it, but that's the main gist of it. Yes, as per usual, it's the opposition from the police that is the most worrisome. I mean, you could understand maybe if it was the government or other agencies that said, look, we're not ready for this. But the police, as they say, have had two years to get ready for this. And they've basically done nothing in two years. And now we're hoping that somebody will push it down the line so they don't actually have to enact it. I personally think body cameras and every police officer in this country would stop a lot of the corruption that goes on and would also stop a lot, as they say, the beatings, the torture and uh, the different things that happen in this country that are really swept under the rug. And I think it is a very good thing, but also brings it in line with its international obligations. Again, I'd love to know what you guys think about all of this and any topic in the show today. Your comments regarding it down below would be fantastic. So guys, that's it for today. Hope you have a fantastic Monday or it could be Sunday, wherever you are. You could be in the future right now on Tuesday. But nevertheless, we'll be back probably Tuesday or Wednesday with the next show and we'll have a couple of uh, special shows for you, as I said, during the thing. But thanks again. Don't forget to like the video, subscribe and uh, share if you can and have a great day.